Hi, my name is Savik Srinivas, and this is Arnav Rostogi. And together we are co-hosts of the Backfield Riff. Thank you for tuning in. In this episode, we're going to be revealing our mid-season tier list. A lot of upsets this week, but when we're talking about this list, it's just taking into account the full body of work of these teams, not trying to get too attached to just one week of football. But with that said, let's dive into it. Yep. And we start at the top. The Cardinals are the only juggernaut that we have. And I mean, once again, like you said, we're not we're not trying to, you know, I know they lost to the Packers. The Packers had a bunch of injuries. It was a bad loss. But look, the Cardinals have done nothing to deserve us putting them down a spot. Um, they've really differentiated themselves as the best team in the league. Um, and I think if this week was evidence that this Cardinals team is more than Kyler Murray scrambling around and making plays, um, Kyler Murray was out. Diop was also out. And Colt McCoy stepped in and relied on James Conner, who scored three touchdowns. The offensive line was great. The linebacker play was great, shutting down the San Francisco's, shutting down the 49ers rushing attack. I think this team proved this week that it's deep, it's not front heavy, and once their stars come back, man, look out. Yeah, for sure. And then looking into the contenders category here. So we have eight teams here, the Rams, Bills, Bucks, Ravens, Packers, Chargers, Browns, and Titans. So the teams that are moving in here are the Ravens and Titans, who were previously in playoff potential. And I think these sort of speak for themselves, right? In this past month of football, these teams have stood out of the pack. They've been really good. The Ravens are pretty much flawless outside of that one Bengals loss. But again, we're not trying to key in on one game, looking at the full body of work. And with the Titans, like just this past week, no one saw that coming. But the biggest thing, that defense led the way for this Titans team. And at a time like this, when they lose their star running back, that, that that's a statement right there by that team and that defense stepping up. Yeah. I, I always love this phrase that Pete Carroll said, um, in order to win a game, the offense has to do its part. The defense has to do its part and the special teams has to do its part. And I know that, that, that seems so cliche in football, but it's overstated just how important that it's understated. Uh, just how important that is. And when we look at the Titans coming off of this Derrick Henry injury, that's devastating. Derrick Henry is a bell horse that leads that offense, leads that team. And as a leader in the locker room, you know, that defense stepped up. It did its part. The offense stepped up and it scored every time it had the ball. Or the offense stepped up and took advantage of, when they're in the red zone, when their defense put them in short field situations. And the special teams also did its part. So that was a great team win against the Titans. But it's going to be interesting now. like Because looking at that Rams-Titans game, I don't think the Titans did enough to prove, especially off on, I don't think the Titans offensively did enough to prove that they can live without Derrick Henry, right? Because if you look at that game, the defense really carried that game, right? If you're once you're in the red zone, once you're within the five, 
that's fine. You know, you got Adrian Peterson, he can punch it in, or, you know, you have AJ Brown, he can, he can take a 10 yard pass. But when we're looking at the entire flow of the game, Slotvig, I don't know. It, that Derrick Henry loss, I still don't know if the Titans can overcome it. You know, they got an important game against the Saints. They got, they got some really marquee matchups coming up. What do you think's in store for the rest of the season with these Titans? Yeah, I mean, I think you got to really take it a week at a time, right? You know, again, we know there's no replacing Derrick Henry, but the best, the next best thing you can do is have your defense step up, have guys just that next man up mentality, right? And yeah, you're going to run into a situation where a defense takes away your running game. You're getting into third and long situations. And that's when this true colors are going to show whether Tennessee is a team that can throw and win a football game or is the running game have going to have to lead it. And we don't, we don't know the answers to that question yet, but I guess if you want to look at history at times, Tennessee has struggled when Derrick Henry is not present, at least on that stat sheet, if you will. But to answer your question, I don't know yet. We're, we're going to find out though. We are going to find out. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, the Titans have actually, this was the Titans first win without Derrick Henry. And ever since he was drafted and played for wow. the Titans, this was their first win. So that just goes to show just how much the Titans need Derrick Henry. And, you know, it's going to, it's going to require a full team effort, you know, with new Orleans coming to town. I think we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this game. I'm just going to foreshadow it here, but. We're going to talk about this. Um, they're going to need a full team effort with New Orleans coming to town. They, that defense is going to need to step up. Special teams are going to need to do its part. And offensively, Adrian Peterson, Jeremy Nichols, that deep wide receiver room that the Titans invested in, everyone's going to need to step up. All right. So let's take a look at here the playoff potential category. We have the Chiefs, Colts, Raiders, Saints, Cowboys, Bengals, and Steelers. So if you guys have been tuning in to these tier lists, the Chiefs here been on a constant decline. We had them as a juggernaut to start the season off. Then we moved them down to a contender. Now they're at playoff potential. And I don't know, is it going to continue down this down this trend? Look, uh, don't hey, don't be shocked if three fourths of the way or three fourths quarter uh, are three fourths of the way in the season you find this team a mediocre at best. And, you know, even though we were like, you know, this team needs to turn it around and the chiefs have back-to-back wins against the giants and Packers, they were horrible wins. There's, there's no way to put it. Uh, there's, there's no way to sweeten the deal other than to say, what am I saying? Uh, there's no way to uh, sweeten the tea other than to say that these were bad wins, right? beating the Giants by three. Um, it's the Giants. Like, they, they're in t- half their roster is injured. Like, half their roster is injured. And Kansas City's defense looked like it could not stop Devontae Booker for its life, for, for their life. Um, against the Packers, right? Jordan Love is making his first start. And you win the game 13 to seven after the offense stalled on numerous drives. Jordan love couldn't get anything done, but yet 
it was still a one score game with Jordan Love throwing a, t- a late touchdown to Alan Lazard. Like that should not be the case. These were bad wins. I'm just saying I would not be shocked. We find this team in mediocre and best. Yeah. And it, I don't know. Dude. I did pick the, against the chiefs this week. I'm sure I was wrong, but I definitely sort of saw this kind of get performance. You know, the, the Packers defense was definitely given the chiefs a run for their money. And really at this point, right. If you want to look at the silver lining, I guess they did turn the ball over, which is pretty much that's commendable for this chiefs offense, but I don't know. We're going to, we're going to see them again this Sunday night going into Las Vegas, your annual Sunday night game, Chiefs Raiders. This was the game last year that started uh, mm. the cover two bonanza against the Chiefs offense. This is this is the right. game that this is that Sunday night game that started that, you know, cover two. We can play cover two against you and beat you. That this, right. this is where it all started last well, year. Well, really, if you want to think back, I think it was like week four or something when the Raiders went into Kansas City. That's when they got that win. But yeah, definitely. Talking about like when it was put on a national stage. Yeah, okay. That was Sunday night. Okay, that's fair. That was Sunday night. Well, that in that game, I do remember the Chiefs went down two minute drill, took care of business. But, anyways, that has nothing to do with <clears throat> the current state. I, I will say this: if the Chiefs have to run a two minute drill on Sunday night, I don't know if they're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that principle. <laughs> That principle hey, is long gone. Put it away. Put it away for the season. Um, another team here that's interesting. We know the Cowboys have been on a roll. Like they have been one of the most dominant teams in the NFL. We were so ready to put them in the contenders category. And then week nine happened. And they just at home against Denver go out and lay an egg. And this game was 27 to nothing. So don't, don't let that 30 to 16 score fool you. This game was 27 to nothing. Just dropped an egg. And I mean, that, that's not how contenders perform. That's just not how contenders perform. And you, you, even if they lost, don't lose in that fashion. Don't, don't go out and, and just not even score until late in the fourth quarter when nothing matters, right? This was a just, I, I don't know what was going on. What was the game plan coming into this game? The defense was pathetic. Uh, just can't do that before a tier list. That's not going to get you into the contenders category. So we had to leave them in playoff potential. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> and just to like justify the case here, and I, I know there could be people out here, saying, thinking we're a little contradictory because we're looking at this one game for the Cowboys, but our whole idea is, you know, trying not to look at one game, but try to stay holistic with it. But I'm just looking at the Cowboys schedule here, right? You know, we've got, we've got wins. We've got wins over the Vikings, the Giants, the Patriots, Panthers, Eagles, Chargers. Um, again, what, what is the record here? Six and two five five and three something like that pardon me i don't know the exact record but six and two six and two okay six top and two the NF, top the nfc east but i don't know if we've really seen them play the cream of the crop competition yet uh, and that, that's part of what's holding me back too from saying oh yeah this team's competing for a super bowl this year but it, it doesn't help that you come out last week and put up the performance that you did but 
see, if you want to put the Cowboys in contender, I'm okay with that, but we'll, we'll, we'll leave them here right now. You know, we'll it's like, here's where we are. We're, it's at that point where in the game where there's a, there's a, maybe a fumble on the field, but you know, the replay it's, it's real clustered and on the field, they didn't call it a fumble, but it looks like a fumble. It could go 50, 50, but there's just not enough evidence to overturn that call on the field. So they just don't call it a fumble. And that's where we're at right now. There's not enough evidence to put the Cowboys up to contenders category. It could be 50-50. You could live with either call, but I don't know. There's not enough evidence here. I 100% agree. But I'll say this. They're going to have dates to prove. They have upcoming dates with the Chiefs. They go into Arrowhead. Raiders come to town. They go to New Orleans, and they got the Cardinals that come to town. So they're going to have opportunities to prove that they belong in that contenders category. That is to, to be seen. Um, just one more thing before we move on to the mediocre at best category. The AFC North is loaded, right? We got the Steelers and the Bengals both moving up from mediocre at best into the playoff potential category. And that puts the entire division with the Browns and the Ravens being in the contenders category in the hunt for the playoffs and the Super Bowl. The entire division. That is insane. And this division has just been on a roll. The Steelers, Big Ben has not played the best football, but they've managed to scrap by teams and get wins. We can't look over that. They deserve to be bumped up. And Joe Burrow has that offense rolling. I mean rolling. And I understand this Browns loss was not the greatest. Joe Burrow did make poor decisions, like a 100-yard pick six to Denzel Ward. but. That Ravens win, man, that is a statement win. And just this entire division, I'm in awe. Just flawless performances every week. Yeah, I guess we can't get too high or too low with the Bengals team. They're they're somewhere in the middle there. But we do know that there's potential, and we'll put them in playoff potential. Yeah, and even beyond the Bengals, right, this whole division, any any – one of these teams, I would not be surprised if they would go on to the AFC championship, you know, give some team like the Bills or whoever a run for their money. Like there's potential everywhere, except I guess maybe if you see like the Steelers, the only team that I'm still not like 100% sold on. I don't know about you, but they've been winning. They've, they've been, been winning. We can't, we can't deny that. Yeah. All right. Now moving on to this mediocre at best category. Um, here we have, you know, teams, they can win any given Sunday, but. With consistency being the name of the game, these teams have been extremely inconsistent. Uh, We got the Vikings, the Bears, the Dolphins, the Patriots, the Falcons, the Broncos, Washington, uh, the Giant, pretty much the entire NFC East, but the Cowboys. Um, And we moved the Seahawks, Niners, and Panthers down here in Sotvik. I started off by saying consistency is the name of the game. These teams have been inconsistent. Yeah, and I'm gonna start off with the Panthers. We kind of we talked about this in the offseason. It's there on paper, but it does not mean it will translate to on the field. And it, and it simply has not. Like Sam Darnold is kind of reverting back. It's one of those situations where you can take Sam Darnold out of New York, but you can't take New York out of <laughs> Sam Darnold. He, he's seeing them ghosts again. That's all I'm gonna say. He's, he's seeing them ghosts again. But in all seriousness, no. Um in all seriousness. The Panthers, it's um, 
I'm seeing a lack of execution. I'm seeing, I'm just, I'm not seeing the kind of football I know they're capable of playing. I guess um, you're getting Christian McCaffrey back. He was back last week, but I don't know if he was really full-fledged back into this offense. But I, I think the Panthers just have to go back to the basics. What's really, what was really working for them when Sam Darnold was cleaning the pocket, get the ball out to these playmakers, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, like, Spread the ball out. There's, there's, there's still a lot of potential for the Panthers that I, I feel like in the last couple of weeks it's just, it, it just hasn't come to fruition. And I, I don't want to say it's all Sam Donald's fault, but it, it, there's some bumps on the road. They, they've got to get. Yeah, no, I think I, I put, I'm, I have no hesitation putting 100 of the blame on Sam Darnold. We're talking about throwing an 88 yard pick six, another pick in the red zone while your team is driving down the field. And another careless pick um, while your team's at midfield. That's three potential scoring drives. They, yes, it's all Sam Darnold's fault. Yes, yes, it is. Like you are putting your single-handedly putting your team in compromised position while also handing the other team easy points. Like this Carolina Panthers team is really, really good in my opinion. Like you're talking about a defense that has stopped the run. They're a top five rushing defense. And in terms of the secondary and pass defense, you have A.J. Boyer, Dante Jackson, Jeremy Chin, Stephon Gilmore, and C.J. Henderson, right? This is a rock-solid defense. Offensively, we know what weapons they have with D.J. Moore, a deep threat, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey, that bell horse that really stabilizes the offense. Chuba Hubbard had an amazing, amazing performance, uh, an amazing few weeks while Christian McCaffrey was out, right? It is only one person. That's Sam Darnold. That is Sam Darnold is putting this team in compromised position. I'm telling you, if they get a competent quarterback, this is a playoff team easily. Easily playoff team. I have no hesitation to put 100% in the way about Sam Darnold. Okay, I, I like the fire. I like it. But I don't know, man. Hey, we, we've got to we've got to let it play out, right? Because at least I don't know about you, for first in September, we were all on that Sam Darnold train. <laughs> but he was playing clean football then, right? Was he turning the ball over then? No, he wasn't. He was clean. When he starts turning the ball over, the team loses. Now, I'm seeing a direct correlation. If I've learned anything in the AP statistics, I'm seeing <laughs> a direct, positive, and strong correlation between the two. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. I, I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, let, let's take a look at another team here, the Seahawks. And it's kind of tough with the Seahawks. You know, Russell's been out. But you could make the argument, even when Russell was playing, this team was still quite shaky. That goes back to my glory days, making the picks. <laughs> picked, <laughs> picked the Titans upset. I picked the Vikings upset. But regardless, right, this team has kind of been up and down, name of the game, inconsistency, and they fall right into that mold. Yep. And I'm going to loop another NFC West team in there, the 49ers. Jimmy G, he hasn't been consistent. Dropped an egg against Colt McCoy. Um, you know, that the game that, that was really supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to get things on track and offensively just did not materialize. Defensively, there were just big lapses and big in terms of the rushing, just letting James Conner run wild. Um, Colt McCoy did his thing. It was just, and once again, like Pete Carroll says, Offensively, defensively, special teams, all three parts, all three phases of the game have to show up. And neither of them did against. And so 49ers inconsistent. Got to move them down to mediocre at best. 
All right, let's take a peek here at the last category. A long way to go. And these teams are the Jets, Lions, Texans, and Jaguars, who found a way to win this past Sunday. <laughs> and not much to say here, but that Josh Allen versus Josh Allen duel. <laughs> hey, Josh Allen got the best of it. <laughs> yeah dude, but that, that, that was nice like yeah he had a pick fumble recovery sack on josh allen we're, we're talking about the defensive end for the jaguars just to clarify right, right, right. yeah but... if, if anyone's really confused out there search up josh allen versus josh allen <laughs> and yeah, you'll know what we're talking matchup. about all right let's move on to week 10 of the nfl and it's really highlighted by these two low-key afc uh matchups here uh, start with the Browns Patriots, Bill Belichick playing the team that hired him first, that team that got him into the NFL, the Cleveland Browns. And uh, man, this, this, this has the potential to be a sneaky good uh, game this week. Uh, you know, you you're just saying two minute that that's come, come down to that two minute drill, Mac Jones stepping in, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield stepping in, who knows? He's been playing extremely well after OJ OBJ left. I'm, I'm going to say that, uh, that's so funny though. <laughs> he exclusively throws poorly to OBJ, but every other receiver is fine. I, I just found that extremely strange. I don't know, man. I'm, I, I really don't want to get into that whole OBJ stuff, but here's what I will say for the Browns. It's been really, really confusing. They start out three and one, then you drop back to back games. You beat Denver on Thursday night. Then you lose to Pittsburgh. And then when everyone thinks the season's going downhill, you come out and just destroy Cincinnati. So dropped 41. Like it was nothing. Yeah. Like I thought thought Baker had a torn labrum. (laughs) He comes out and slinging 60 yarders to Donovan people's jokes. Yeah. You know, I don't know what to make of this team. Like you you tell me, man, what do you see here? I think this is a Browns win. I love the momentum that they're coming in with. Okay. Uh, Offensively. I I just love it. I think the pan, the, the Patriots got a cakewalk with Sam Darnold, just, I mean, they've seen him in New York with the Jets. Now they're seeing him in Carolina. It was a cakewalk. And I, I don't think it's going to be the same thing uh, when Cleveland comes to town. I think Baker's going to be efficient. Uh, there's going to be that one or two big chunk play, that big 50-yard touchdown that really separates the Browns from the Patriots. I think this is going to be two-score game. I think Cleveland's going to take care of business. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I'm, I'm gonna go with Cleveland as well, and I think it's just if you look at New England, right? They're they're on a three game winning streak. Um, I, I really like that Los Angeles win, LA. But outside of that, right? You beat the Jets. You beat up on the Jets team. You beat up on a Carolina team that's not been doing too much. I think it's just right now the Browns. If the, if the Browns are the team that showed up last Sunday, which I I'm thinking they are, I'm putting injuries and everything aside, except for the fact that I think. Nick Chubb is going to be out uh, with the positive COVID, COVID test. So I don't know how that's but going to I'll say this. Like, the Browns have such a deep running back yeah. room that, like, I, I don't even care if Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt is out at this point. Like, yeah, that, I mean, they have – it's incredible what they have in that room. Yeah. Here's what I tell you, Ray. If this is going to be a close game, it's going to get a little tacky, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Mac Jones sort of take control, do his thing put his team in a position to win, but more realistically, like you were saying, maybe the Browns get up on like a 14 point lead, run the ball, that kind of thing. So 
in summary, I guess I'm picking the Browns, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if New England won this one. Would not be shocked. Yeah, I think that Miles Garrett is going to introduce himself to the Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones will have his welcome to the league rookie moment here because that Patriots offensive line questionable questionable against a really good panthers front and they're going to be facing an even better one with the browns here and i think miles garrett might have a day he might have a day with the way brian burns was looking he might have a day um another team another the other matchup here in the afc that we were looking forward to sunday night the annual chiefs raiders game and two bad wins for the chiefs back to back and it's going to be a tough one if they're going to continue their performance. If, they, if they're going to play the way they did against the Giants and the Packers, it's going to be a long day in Las Vegas. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I'm not going to be around the bush. I'll pick the Raiders. I said it. But this, this, this Chiefs team is just, to me, it's not, it's, it's not where it needs to be at all. And I, I know the Raiders are dealing with a lot of their own. They just lost to the Giants, but – Hey, congrats to you picking that one, the upset. We'll get into hey. that. But I think I think it's an opportunity for the Raiders to bounce back. I also think it's an opportunity for Derek Carr to put up another nice stat line because he hasn't had one of those in a little bit. And this Chiefs defense. Hey, hey, D-Jax <laughs> just signed with the Raiders too. Mm, uh, okay. And Daniel Sorensen has not been looking nice playing that safety position. I'm still put that out there. Already, already. I got you guys. I got you guys. First drive of the game, right? You got you got Djax, big backside post, and Daniel Sorensen. Then we match the one on one. It's it's all right. I'm not gonna go too hard on him, man. I know he's having a rough season. Let's let's not let's not beat a dead horse with Daniel Sorensen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, what do you see here? I think. I think the Raiders are going to win. I don't want to. I don't want to complicate things and say, "Oh, you know, this is the game that the Chiefs turn it around." You know, this is the game. You know, they didn't turn the ball over last time for the first time in 17 weeks. Maybe they continue. I, I'm not going to complicate things here. I'm not going to speculate. I'm just going to get straight down to the facts, and that is, they're going to be facing a tough divisional opponent that just dropped a really, really poor or a, dropped a winnable game in Layden X. And you know that they are going to be coming back and they are going to be giving it their all. They're going to be playing 100%. They're going to be playing efficient football. And it is going to be a long day given the way we have seen Kansas City play. Even in their losses, they look horrible. In their wins, they don't look excellent. So, you know, what, is, what do my eyes tell me? My eyes tell me the Raiders are going to win. Sunday night, there you go. All right, let's get into our upsets of the week. I'll let you go first, man. We got that Giants pick set. set in. Our first win of the season. Xavier McKinney came in clutch, has to drop in a quick follow on Insta for those two picks and a pick six. Uh, clutching up, giving me my first win of the season. I'm sitting pretty at uh, one and eight. <laughs> But, hey, it's never too late to turn things around. It's never too late. Um, going into week 10, I think I think we're going to build on top of our pick last week, and I'm going to go with my Saints. I'm going to go with my Saints going into Tennessee and winning. And I know I talked about this a bit before, but 
the Titans haven't done anything yet to show me that they can win without Derrick Henry, right? That last, last game against the Rams, they were handed pretty much 21 points by the defense. And outside of that, they were given short field positions. They didn't have to do much in terms of running the football. Ryan Tannehill, he just had to manage the game at that point, manage the score. That's not that's not playing a complete game without Derrick Henry where you have to you know finish off 70, 60 yard drives uh, against the best rush defense in the league against DeMario Davis. I don't know. I just haven't seen enough out of the Titans to prove that they can live without Derrick Henry. If that run game is shut down, the pass game, we know that Derrick Henry really, that run game really drives things. Haven't seen enough evidence out of that passing game to win games. I'm going to go with the Saints here. I'm going I'm to go with my team. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. You know, I'll tell you this, man. These 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 wins, they come in bunches. I, I started out four and one. Now we're sitting at four and five in the in the oh, sub five hundred category. But welcome hey. to the club. <laughs> this week, uh, I I didn't see anything that's really appealing to me except you know like I don't know like I'm I'm not gonna pick the the Washington football team over the Bucks. I, I'm I'm not gonna pick the Jaguars. I'm not gonna pick the Lions. Like there, there's really nothing here that entices me, except let's say maybe I pick Minnesota. But I, I've been burned too many times picking Minnesota, so <laughs> I, I think I had to learn my lesson there. So here's what I will do. I'm picking my Eagles. You know, you pick your Saints. I'll pick my Eagles, man. Let's. I play. like this. I like this. Showing confidence in our teams. I like this. <laughs> so here's the thing, right? The Broncos just coming off this big win. That kind of qual. Kind of. That, that's the eligibility right there for this upset pick. It was a tough loss this, this past week. Um, Jalen Hurts, again, showed some promise. The Devontae Smith connection was there. Defensively, made some stops. See, there's good. Every single week with the Eagles, I'm seeing some good. That's what's optimistic about it as an Eagles fan. And now you're, you're talking about Denver, right? What does Denver do really good? Denver runs the ball really, really well. And the Eagles do have the potential to stop the run with that front. I'm not saying that this is, has been an elite defense this year, but in key moments they have showed out. All, all that has to happen is put Teddy Bridgewater into these third and 12, third and 14 situations. And I'm not telling you that every single time that that's going to end poorly for Denver, but if you can make a habit out of making Teddy Bridgewater have to beat you, I think that puts our defense in a good spot. And offensively, we just have to keep doing what we're doing. We're getting the ball into our playmakers' hands. Um, even without even without um, Miles Sanders, we're trying to get that running game going. Finally, just 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 run the ball, Nick Sirianni. We're doing that. And I think it's just going to all come together here, going on the road. Uh, tough place to play in Denver. I think we get it. We get a nice one this week. That's what I think. Yeah. And I'll say this. I've been extremely impressed by the way that Devonte Smith, uh, Jalen Hurts connection has matured throughout the season. Like they look on the same page, uh, key and key moments. Uh, they're making the plays offensively that they need to be making. I think there's a bright future for that connection. Um, honestly, this Eagles team, is one of those teams that we put in the mediocre at best category, but we said, you know, they can win on any given Sunday uh, if everything goes their way or just a certain cert, few things go their way. And I think uh, if you shut down the run for Denver, that run, you know, the Denver is like 
a cheapskate Tennessee team mm. <laughs> where it's like, it honestly is right. Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon really enabled Teddy Bridgewater to drop back, be comfortable and get it out to guys like Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton, right? You shut down that run game and you look at Denver, their losses where they have rushed their rushing totals in those games are 70, 80 yards, 60 yards, right? They loosen those games. So the running game really enables the passing game for the Denver and with the Eagles, they have a really strong front, an opportunity to shut down that run. And offensively, we know what they're capable of. A few things go their way, especially late in the game. I think this is this is a great upset call, Sabe. Hopefully, trying hey, to back to trying to get back to five hundred. Yeah. Hey, we haven't had a week where we were both right. Let's try to make it happen this week. Man. Let's try to make it happen. Hey, and we're both <laughs> picking our teams this week. Yeah, let's see so. if that goes uh, our way. All right. With that being said, thank you for listening to the 59th episode of the Backfield Drift. Be sure to tune in next week. We're going to recap all the Week 10 action and look ahead to Week 11, where the Eagles play the Saints. Uh, until then, it's been Arnav Rostogi and Sat Vikshinavas. Stay safe and take care. <laughs>